You're listening to Broadview Church Sermon Audio. For more information or to donate to this ministry, go to broadviewchurch.ca. It is so good to be together. I was thinking about ever since I came to faith when I was 16 years old, I have just all these years so much, uh, every Sunday, uh, just so much valued meeting together with, with others who are seeking after God and, and some that are seeking, wondering what this is all about. But to meet together, to, to sing praise, to sing together, to, to look into his word and, and so on. It's just been, it's been wonderful. But I, especially in the last year and a half when we had such a long time when we, uh, when we couldn't gather together in the same way, it just uh, raises it up to a whole new level. And as I was here this morning, just hearing, hearing the buzz of voices uh, before the service starts, it's like, it's like there's a sense of, yeah, there's actual real people here. It's not just a bunch of cutouts in the seats, <laughs> generally. But, but it's, 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 it's so good to, to be together and to worship and praise him. Even to hear young voices uh, expressing themselves in ways that some of us don't in a service. It's good, good to be together. Anyways, praise God. <sighs> Sorry if I'm a little excited about being here. Well, this morning we have sung the words, O our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We behold the breaking dawn. We behold the rising sun. We behold the falling rain. We look to you. We reach for you. We cling to you, O Lord. We sang the words, if you're troubled, heavy-hearted, come to Jesus and find your peace. If you're run down, empty-handed, come to Jesus and find your strength. We sang, he is hope for the hopeless, rest for the weary, help for the hurting. He is. Mending the broken, bearing the burdens, all that you're needing, he is. We sang the words, comforter, counselor, prince of peace, author and maker of everything, defender, deliverer, king of kings. Helper and healer forevermore. Savior and shelter through every storm. My refuge, redeemer and Lord of lords, he is. We sang the words, there is strength within the sorrow. There is beauty in our tears. And you meet us in our mourning with a love that casts out fear. We sang the words, you are working in our waiting, sanctifying us when beyond our understanding you're teaching us to trust. We're just saying these words, your plans are still to prosper, you've not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood, faithful forever, perfect in love. You're sovereign over us. And we sang the words, even when the enemy, even what the enemy means for evil, you turn it for our good. Even in the valley you are faithful, You're working for our good and for your glory. Faithful forever, perfect in love. You're sovereign over us. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. What we have just sung about who God is and what God has done and and what we've declared about God. This morning, as we sang, we've been invited to turn our eyes upon Jesus and to look full in his wonderful face. And we've declared some ways that we're going to respond. We have, in fact, declared that, Jesus, to you we lift our eyes. We have declared we adore you. 
we behold you, our Savior, ever true. And we said, Lord Jesus, we turn our eyes to you. So why do we do that? Why do we sing these things? Why do we declare these things together? Well, you see, there's something that propels us, something within us that propels us to declare the praise of that which we worship. Whatever we worship, we are propelled to declare praise. That is part of our worship. We use our creative, our creative side to, or the creative part of us to express ourselves, to express that praise, whether it's in song or whether it's in painting, if you can express yourself that way, or whether it's in, uh, in, in, in various ways that we do, but it might be through sculpture if you sculpture, or in places around the world where they build great cathedrals as a declaration of worship to whatever they worship. And we find that in any culture, in any religion, we have those expressions that we worship and we declare praise to that which we worship. And so we declare together that we worship God. Now we're engaged in what uh, we've entitled the Songs of Summer, uh, looking at psalms through various Sundays this summer, and again reminded that the psalms are art, they're artistic expression, declaring God's praise. And this morning we want to look at Psalm 146. So if you have your Bible, if you turn to 146. Uh, Psalm 146 is... uh, is the first of the final set of Hallel psalms, as it's called. Uh, these are songs of praise, songs of praise to Yahweh. And uh, the first of these uh, collection, Hallel psalms, as they call them, are Psalm 113 through 118. The second collection are Psalm 120 through 136. And then the final are uh, from 146 through 150. And so as we look at Psalm 146, Charles Spurgeon uh, called this particular psalm a sacred censer of holy incense, pouring forth one sweet perfume. Now, he says that in a way that I could never say it the same way, uh, but that's what he talks about. So, so let's sing, I mean, let's read Psalm 146. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes and mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. And so we find that this song, first of all, and last of all, encourages us to celebrate God. To celebrate God begins by saying, Hallelujah, O my soul. The word hallelujah really is, 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 is the two words hallel and yah for Yahweh. And, and it's really declaring praise to Yahweh. The word hallel in Hebrew means a joyous praise and song. 
And so it is a joyous praising song too to Yahweh. And, and this particular phrase is used 24 times in the Psalms. But we also find it in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 19, there is a hallelujah, that the, the praise to Yahweh it says, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Hallelujah for our Lord God Almighty reigns. And so when you declare hallelujah, it's not just some old expression. It actually is saying praise to Jehovah, to Yahweh. So maybe we need to practice saying hallelujah. Oh, there we go. So when we say that, it's not just saying, it's actually saying praise to who? To Yahweh, to the Lord our God. So he says, first of all, hallelujah, praise the Lord, O my soul. And so he's speaking to his inner self. He's speaking about his inner self, saying that in my inner being, oh my soul, he admonishes himself to, to praise Jehovah. And sometimes we have to talk to ourselves and tell ourselves that, hey, hey, stop. And this is what you need to do. We need to self-talk sometimes. And so we self-talk and say, you know, in spite of what we see in the world around us, we need to stop and say, praise to our God, our Lord. And also declaring that we will do so. So hallelujah, oh my soul. And then he doesn't keep it there. He says, I will sing praise. Now it becomes an outward expression. It's an outward expression of what we experience inside. I will praise my Lord as long as I live, he declares. As long as I have life. He says, I intend to praise God every day of my life for as long as I live. Are we really ready to say that? Are we really ready to say that I will? That I will praise the Lord? That as long as I live, as long as I have breath, as long as I'm breathing, I will praise the Lord? Not as long as He does what I want him to do. Not as long as life is good. It's not as long as he does what pleases me, what makes me feel good. But actually saying, I will praise him. I will praise him as long as I live, no matter what. No matter what circumstances I face, I will praise him. Even as we heard in testimony last Sunday morning, uh, of in spite of facing some very, very difficult things in life, of saying, I still praise the Lord. It's like Job declared in Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him, in the Lord. I will praise him for as long as I live, no matter what. And so we celebrate God, and we celebrate God, and we trust him. He who lasts forever. Not him whose life disappears, as he talks about. He says, do not put your trust in princes and mortal men who cannot save. Who, when they die, their ability to help disappears. Do not trust in princes or those who are rulers or those who have influence Now, it's interesting, we're not sure if David wrote this psalm or not, but David was a prince, and and of course, they would have sung this in his presence. So you're singing, don't trust in (laughs) me, he might say. Don't trust in princes, but trust in the one who is forever. Don't trust in those human influences that we often look to 
We're going to look at this a little bit more in a few weeks when we look at Psalm 20 and 121. Who do we trust for our future? Trust him, not those who will die, not those whose, whose influence disappears the day that they perish when they can no longer help, but trust in God who not only lives forever, but the one who created this whole thing that we have to begin with and who remains faithful forever. So who is more trustworthy, man or God? But who do we go to most often for help? To the one that we can see, who wants us to believe we can trust them, or to God, who is forever. We celebrate God because God recenters our life on the one who changes us and can actually make a difference forever. So as we celebrate, we celebrate God and we also celebrate God's character, who he is, and verses 5 through 7. We celebrate here, it talks about the God of Jacob. Now, the God of Jacob, Jacob's name was changed to Israel, and so he was the God of Israel. And often when people would identify, who is this God? Well, he is the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God. And when Moses was in, in, in by himself in, in the wilderness when he was trying to get away from, from stuff, he was out in the wilderness, and suddenly this bush is burning, and it, the bush doesn't burn up, and, and he comes close, and, and, and who is it that's talking to? And then God identified himself as the I Am. This is who I am. This is the God that he was. He was the one who that is celebrated in this song. And he identifies him as the creator. It identifies him as redeemer. It identifies him as savior. It's not just one of the gods. It's not like you go to to a shop and you say, so which God am I going to choose? Oh, here's one that looks pretty good. That's not it, because it's not like that at all. He is the one that created all this. No one compares to him at all. So we celebrate the God of Jacob, and we celebrate the God of help in verse 5. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. Help here refers to strength and security. He is the one that has the strength in whom we find our security. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. That is the God that we worship. He is the one that makes the difference in our lives, that makes the ultimate difference in the long term in our lives. It's not just that we have a name that we adhere to. We don't simply have a statement of faith that we declare or whatever. It's in fact that this is a God who he is, and and he is the God above all gods. He might not always do things the way that we would hope, He might always do the things the way that we would expect or the way that we wish. Because after all, he is the one that knows everything. But he is the one that we can go to for help that will make the ultimate difference. But again, the question is, do we go to him for help? Or where do we go? So we celebrate the God who, who is, is the God who gives us help. He is also the God of hope. And as he talks about the God of hope, he talks here about the creator. The creator, the one who everyone can identify somehow. It talks about in Romans about, but his, his qualities are visible in the world around us. We, we talk, it talks about in the Psalms about the heavens declare the glory of God. All this around us points to God. Now, if we don't want to accept that God exists, we try to figure this out somehow, and we're always stymied by it. 
But the God who created all this, he is known to us. He made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And if the heavens and the earth and the sky will praise him, so will I. He is the creator, the God of hope, who is also the faithful one, who remains faithful forever. And the word when it talks about faithful forever, he guards and keeps truth. As we talked about a few weeks ago, to where that word faithful has the center with it, the word of truth. And so his truth lasts forever. Truth doesn't change It's not like God has his truth and we have our truth and we can pick which we choose. No, God has his truth and that's the truth. And so that is who he is. He is faithful forever. God doesn't bow to political correctness or to political pressure or even social media, believe it or not. God is who he is, faithful forever. And he executes justice. It says here he upholds the cause of the oppressed. God does not oppress. He upholds those who are oppressed. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, oh, how we, how we in our North American Christian experience sometimes can go so sideways with this, where we put political pressure on, and we have, we have this thing where if you are one of these, you have to be this, this, and you have to be uh, totally conservative, or whatever you have to be. And so we say, well, you know what? I earned it, and so I deserve it. And so people that don't earn it the same way I do, they don't deserve to have any of the stuff that I've earned, and therefore we're not going to help them. We tend to sometimes oppress people, but God does not. God, he upholds the cause of the oppressed. God is on their side, and he says he feeds the hungry. Those who are desperate and in desperate need. He is the God. He is God. He is the God of help. He is the God of hope, and we celebrate him. Thirdly, we celebrate God's cause in verse 7 through 9. It says, The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow, and he frustrates the ways of the wicked. What a statement about what God purposes to do. It reminds me of what Jesus said he came to do in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 19, where he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The God that we celebrate, that we worship, that we declare, he sets prisoners free. He releases shackles and he breaks chains. He takes those who are bound by things that hold them back, that imprison them, where they are in chains to whatever it might be, and he sets them free. And I think of over the years of the times when, 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 when I've been in a place where, where, where somebody that we was identified as being possessed by a demon or oppressed by an evil spirit of kind. And coming alongside and praying for them and, 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 and wrestling with God for them and seeing them free to where they're released from it. Talk about a hallelujah moment in time. 
or to see people that have been imprisoned by, by drugs to where they're, 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 they're addicted to drugs and finding no way out of it, and then to see them encounter the Lord Jesus Christ and where Jesus intervenes in their lives and see them set free. How amazing. And I think of three young men that some years ago we were in a church where there was, there were three young men that were in a band and they were all involved in, in drugs and, and other criminal activity of kind. And all three of them encountered Jesus. And they all came and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and their lives were changed. And to see the freedom that they had in their lives. And now suddenly they began to scream out things about Jesus instead of what they were screaming out before in song. But, but they were declaring Jesus. And I thought, hallelujah. To see them set free. And to see people that have come to Teen Challenge in the various places where they have ministry. And to see them enter into that ministry and encounter Jesus. And, and as they responded to you, see them set free to live a whole new life and a whole new future. Where Jesus intervened in their lives and they're set free. To see people that have been struggling in their own selves and in and, 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 and such deep despair personally to where they came to the place where they intertwined their lives with Jesus and Jesus began to give them hope and a future. And to see them be free and to begin to worship and celebrate and dance before the Lord. Yeah, some of them even though they're really... Okay. But to be set free and for people that were, that were in such bondage to sin, to where they encountered Jesus and realized that Jesus was there not to condemn them, but to bring them hope, and that Jesus died for them, to where they confessed their sin before God, and they received forgiveness, and they began to celebrate, and literally would be in tears rejoicing because of the freedom, freedom from sin that Jesus had provided in their lives. Talk about a hallelujah moment. This is the God we worship. He is the God who also makes the blind to see. Sometimes, literally. Jesus, he would literally at times reach out and and heal the person who was blind so they could see. But maybe far more significant is to see where somebody was spiritually blind and the Lord reached into their lives and opened their eyes to where they could see where before they could not even see and recognize the miraculous things God would do. People that could not see who God was and God's truth, where God opened their eyes and they could see. Their eyes were open. And the God who loves the righteous. Now, of course, God loves everyone. He's declared himself he loves everyone and he is love. But he establishes a relationship with those who put their trust in him and walk his way. It talks about those who walk in righteousness. You see, when we come to faith, it's not simply there. One day we made a decision and and we we prayed a prayer and then we returned to life as usual. But actually where it's a changed life and we walk in the way of the Lord Jesus. We, We walk in righteousness. We don't simply leave it there, but we walk in it. The Lord loves the righteous, he said. And he watches over the alien. He watches over the stranger or the wanderer. Now the people of Israel, they were identified as as God's chosen people. They were the chosen ones, if you would. 
Now they, they identified themselves in that way of saying, well, therefore we are better than anyone else. That could be their temptation. And they would actually oppress those who were aliens among them. Now, that's not what God instructed them to do, but they tended to do that. But God says he watches over the alien and the stranger. And it talks about that in the psalm. And I wonder, do we partner with God in this? Do we partner with God in watching over the stranger among us? Or watching over the alien, as we might say, among us? Those who don't yet feel at home among us? How do we interact with them? How do we treat them? Do we treat them as suspect? Or do we care as God does? And it says that he sustains the helpless. He sustains the helpless, the fatherless, or the orphans. These are those that are helpless on their own, without somebody to provide for them, that they are without help and therefore without hope. God is the God who sustains the helpless, the fatherless, and the widow. Again, there was nobody to provide for them, but God, he sustains them, he says. He cares for them. See, in those days, they did not have the the social safety network as we might have in our society. So if they were in a place where, where they didn't have somebody that was supporting them, how would they receive help? Who looked after them? But God says, I watch out for them. Today, God still cares for and sustains the helpless. And he uses his people to do his work as his instruments. And he frustrates the wicked or the sinners. He turns them to him. He doesn't frustrate their way in order to condemn them, but in order to get their attention, to turn them to him so that they would have opportunity to experience him as well. This is the God that we celebrate and worship. This is the God that we worship. We celebrate him as we personally praise and worship him. And this is also the God that we celebrate here at Broadview Church. We raise a musical Ebenezer every Sunday as we declare, hitherto the Lord has helped us. We declare his praise. We celebrate the character of God. He is our help. He is our hope. He is the creator who never fails. He is the one who will never leave us. We can trust him completely all the days of our lives and beyond. We celebrate the cause of God as we recount how God has helped us, how God helps us, and how he helps those around us as we actively engage in the cause of God, as we partner with him. As we partner with God in bringing freedom to those that are in bondage. As we partner with God in helping to open the eyes of the blind. As we love God's people, really, and we live it out. As we watch out for the alien and the stranger with an extended hand of welcome and help. As we help to sustain the helpless, to partner with ministries in our community in doing so. And do what we can to invite sinners to turn their eyes to Jesus. God has invited us 
on this journey with him. Hallelujah. Praise to Yahweh. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Let's pray. Lord, what can we say but hallelujah? Praise to you. As we bow before you this morning, we confess that far too often and too much, we look at the circumstances around us. We smell the smoke. We see not very far. We watch the news. We wear masks. And we often declare our displeasure at the world around us. Meanwhile, you are there right beside us. Not only beside us, but as we put our faith and trust in you, you come to dwell inside us. And you are the God who was always faithful and true. And you long to have our eyes open to see you and to turn our eyes to you and to see how you are above and beyond all this, even though you are right here with us. And that you are the one who gives us hope, that gives us life, and gives us a future. Lord, this morning I pray that you by your power and your spirit would, would open our eyes to see you in, a, in maybe a whole new way and that we would turn our eyes to you to lift up your name, to declare your praise and that we would join with you in making a positive difference in the world around us, not just through our human effort, but as you are at work and as we work together and as you empower who we are and what we do. Lord, this morning we bow before you we declare you our Lord. And we also want to declare that we will sing your praise for all of life and then for eternity. And so we submit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen.